Hello, everyone, and welcome to Six Pack of Facts, a weekly way of expanding your brain, six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex, and this week, we're turning back the clock, like really turning back the clock, to discuss the birth of our humble on a universal scale, but magnificent nonetheless, planet, and the day that celebrates it. It's time for the birth of the Earth and Earth Day. We can't talk about the birth of the Earth without first talking about the birth of the solar system. Around four and a half billion years ago, our solar system was a dense cloud of dust and gas. Something, possibly a shockwave from a nearby supernova, caused that cloud to destabilize and become a solar nebula, a swirling disk of cosmic material. From there, gravity did its thing and pulled together enough material for hydrogen atoms to combine into helium. This reaction released a ton of energy and, let there be light, our sun was born. With a massive anchor point now plopped down in the center of the protosystem, material in the disk continued to swirl around and combine to form larger and larger bodies. The exact process of this early formation isn't completely agreed upon. But in one way or another, material gathered together in large enough chunks to eventually create the planets we know today, including Earth. While stray bits of matter that couldn't quite make it to the big leagues hung around in the form of comets, asteroids, and irregular moons. After a long period of accretion, some calculations show that it could take 100 million years for an object to grow from 10 kilometers to the size of the Earth, a very early Earth was formed. This time of bombardment and volcanism is known as the Hadean Eon. And in addition to that early volcanism giving rise to a primordial atmosphere, it also features one of the most violent events in our planet's history, the creation of the moon. The most accepted hypothesis regarding the formation of the moon is the giant impact hypothesis. About 4.48 billion years ago, a Mars-sized planet collided with the Earth. The force ejected mantle material from both bodies that swirled around the Earth, eventually cooling and forming the moon. In these early epochs, the Hadean and the one that followed, Archean, the Earth was likely far too hot to harbor any liquid water. The heat, combined with the thin atmosphere, probably means that any water captured by the planet evaporated back into space instead of pooling to create major bodies of water. Instead, the vast oceans of terrestrial water were probably delivered to Earth far after its initial formations by asteroids or comets. Scientists aren't 100% sure which one, but semi-recent studies show that the chemical makeup of water stored in asteroids in the solar system more closely resembles the liquid found here on Earth. During the aforementioned Archean Eon, the Earth's mantle was super hot, potentially around 1,600 degrees Celsius. These temperatures allowed tectonic activity to happen much more rapidly than today, and eventually led to the formation of the first pieces of continental crusts. Over the course of many more eons, today's continents formed around the cores of these crusts and merged and broke apart several times. About 750 million years ago, one of the earliest known supercontinents, Rodinia, separated, before re-emerging around 600 million years ago to form Pinocha, and finally, Pangaea. 
That last one broke up around 180 million years ago, completing, at least for now, the geological journey that has led us to the continent layout we know today. Throw in a few totally minor events like the emergence of life and the rise and fall of the dinosaurs, the evolution of primates into proto-humans, then the dominance of current humans, and here we are today. Now that the Earth is officially born, it's only right we turn our focus from the great reaches of the cosmos to the beautiful blue marble we all occupy. Let's get a little eco by talking about Earth Day. In 1962, Silent Spring by author Rachel Carson was released. The book detailed the harmful effects of pesticides on the environment and would go on to be a driving force behind the ban of DDT in the United States. But it also kicked off a new conservationism movement, one that was noticed by a Wisconsin senator named Gaylord Nelson. Nelson, fueled by the fervor of Silent Spring and after witnessing the effects of an oil spill in Santa Barbara, California, decided to take a page from the student anti-war movement and inject that kind of energy into an environmental message. Nelson enlisted the help of Republicans and Democrats alike to push the mission forward, and on April 22, 1970, the first Earth Day was celebrated in the United States. With the help of young activists, teach-ins, and other environmentally-themed events were planned all across the country. In fact, the date, April 22nd, was chosen largely because it fell between most colleges' spring breaks and final exams, the thinking being it was a time when more students were likely to participate. They were right. With the students out in full force, and with the help of other organizations and the media's loudspeaker, the first Earth Day saw 20 million Americans, 10% of the population at the time, take to parks, streets, and campuses to demonstrate against environmental damage of big industry and the real human threats it posed. The initial impact of Earth Day, 20 million Americans demonstrating for the betterment of the environment, was definitely impressive. But the lingering effects of the movement also produced significant achievements, with the genesis of many beneficial programs stemming directly from that first celebration on April 22, 1970. By the end of that year, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, was formed, and several other environmentally focused laws were passed, including the National Environmental Education Act, the Occupational Safety and Health Act, and the Clean Air Act. The impact of the first Earth Day even stretched well into the first half of the 70s, with the Clean Water Act passing in 1972 and the Endangered Species Act and Federal Incesticide, Fungicide, and Rodenticide Act passing in 1973. In 1990, Earth Day went global. 200 million people in 141 different countries participated in various environmentally-themed events and campaigns, drawing attention to eco-issues on a global scale. The expansion of this celebration eventually helped influence President Clinton to award Senator Nelson the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor, in 1995. To finish things off, a bit of space. Duh. In 1971, Stuart Ruza, an astronaut on the Apollo 14 moon mission, brought hundreds of tree seeds with him on the lunar journey including sycamore, Douglas fir, and redwood seeds. Ruza, a former U.S. Forest Service smoke jumper, took the seeds both as an experiment, scientists wanted to see if the microgravity of space would have any effect on their germination, 
and as a tribute to his former occupation. Ruza and the Seeds made 34 orbits around the moon, and while it seemed like the experiment was rendered moot after the seed canisters broke open during decontamination, most were perfectly fine to be planted around national monuments and locations all over the world. So, did moon trees emerge? No. The trees did sprout, but after decades of growth, it seems space had little effect on the tiny seeds. But on Earth Day in 2009, it all comes back around, NASA partnered with the United States Arboretum and American Forests to plant a second-generation moon sycamore on the Arboretum grounds in Washington, D.C. And I, for one, think that's pretty cool. There you have it. The birth of the Earth and the day that celebrates it. Happy Earth Day, everyone. If you're interested, you can head over to earthday.org to find Earth Day events, like community cleanups, in your neck of the woods. Picking up a stray piece of litter might not seem like much, but small acts are better than none at all. Until the next six-pack of facts, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.